You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., episode number 1416. Because you're doing this and letting the seller kind of move on their terms, don't forget, you can name your price. Don't forget to discount the price significantly. Very, very, very important. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling. So today we're going to talk about why and how you should negotiate for a motivated seller to stay in your property after closing. So there are very few differentiating factors, or should I say it's very hard to differentiate yourself in this business, except when you could provide value to the sellers in little subtle ways. And I can tell you what, letting a seller stay in a property after closing is one of the most powerful things that you can do in this business. So what do we do, right? What is the root of all this? Well, we are in the solving pain business, right? People give us a small piece of their equity in exchange for speed, convenience, peace of mind. And really, we help sellers move on to the next phase of their life. And oftentimes, there are small barriers preventing them from doing that. Think about it, too. If you have someone who's living in a property and it is an owner-occupied property, which we do a lot of, by the way, Uh, there are a lot of barriers to moving, right? You have to find a new place, you have to move, you've got all your clutter, you don't know what you want to throw out, you don't know what you want to keep, and it's extremely stressful. As a matter of fact, my mother, we recently moved her out of her home into an assisted living facility, and it was really, really, really hard on us as a family and her, right? She didn't know what to throw out, what to keep, and the transition was really, really, really hard. So imagine that you're talking to a seller and it's time for them to move. And oftentimes, by the way, they could be you know, someone who's not a senior citizen, but it could be a senior citizen. No matter where you are in your stage of life, it is difficult to move. And then finding a new place to move into on the same day that you're selling a property is extremely, extremely stressful. So imagine while all your competitors are coming in and trying to negotiate with a seller for the lowest price, and they're not really looking at what the seller needs, but you are able to dig and understand and listen and use all the techniques from the No Limit Selling System that hopefully you've been listening to on this podcast, or maybe you've uh, bought and or invested in the No Limit Selling System. You're able to find out that the seller Really, their hot button is, man, if they could just stay in a property for three months, six months, eight months, right? Get all their money, not have to rush to find a new place, right? Get the deal closed. And then once they have cash in hand, their house is sold, they can find their next place to live. (sighs) Now, now that's when you can add value. And so in my investing career, some of my best deals have come where people wanted to stay in their house after closing. And so while most investors say no, or I can't do that, or I'd really like you out, because their only strategy really is just to 
wholesale it and really selling a house with an occupant is often difficult. They are not able to compete with what you are going to be able to do. So now that you understand why you should be able to do this, right? I'm going to talk about number one, you're going to add more value, but you're also going to be able to negotiate a better price, right? And we are in the business of, again, giving sellers convenience, giving them peace of mind, giving them the ability to move on. In exchange, they're going to give you a piece of their equity, okay? Which they are happy to do, which is really, 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 really neat. So first part of this is now that you have the ability to differentiate yourself and you can be more flexible, you have to understand that you now have the right to ask for a better price on the property. And one of the things I always say in my household and hopefully I say on this podcast is, if you don't ask, you don't get, right? If you don't ask, you don't get. You will never know how good of a deal a seller will give you until you ask. And so I tell a seller, listen, if I can let you stay in the property, for three months after closing, would you be willing to take $75,000 off the price? Now, that's a big ask, right? But guess what? If you don't ask, you don't get. And so that $75,000 can be a game changer for you. Being able to stay in the property for the seller could be a total game changer. Money might not be their primary motivation here, right? And now you are on your way. Okay, it doesn't have to be 75,000. It could be 50, it could be 30, it could be 25. I mean, whatever it is, but you gotta ask for a better price okay, if you're gonna let the seller stay in the property after closing. You gotta understand that most people won't offer it like you do, okay? Some will, but most won't, right? They're thinking about how can I get this house vacant prior to close so that I can sell it to my investors. And if you do what I'm telling you to do, Man, oh man, you are going to get a great deal. Now, Todd, you're going to be thinking, Todd, how can I sell a property with a seller that's going to be in there three, six months after closing? Hold on, I'm going to tell you throughout this episode. So most people won't offer the deal that you are going to do, right? Three months, four months, five months, six months, if they need it, right? And I'll talk about terms here in a minute. But because you're doing this and letting the seller kind of move on their terms, don't forget, you can name your price. Don't forget to discount the price significantly. Very, very, very important, okay? So the other part about this is that if you get the price, you're gonna ask for something else. And that is a very large holdback, okay? A holdback is basically a security deposit. So whenever we let a seller stay in after closing, we like to negotiate 20, 30, $40,000 of holdback money, okay? Doesn't have to be 40,000, but I have negotiated them that large. If they plan on getting out, they shouldn't really worry about twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars in holdback money. The other thing that you could do is also structure owner financing, right? You could actually have the seller be the bank. Maybe you give the seller fifty thousand dollars down, or thirty thousand dollars down, or twenty thousand dollars down, right, to go and get the rent for their next place. But now they offer to carry the paper, meaning that you're going to pay them monthly. Uh, every single month on the equity for their house. So you could, that's an option, negotiate owner financing, although you don't have to. So let's talk about terms here. Terms of terms on how long you should let a seller stay in the property is I find that a 60-day holdback usually gives you the most bang for your buck, where the seller feels like, okay, I could take my time moving. We've done 90 We've also done six months, and I've even gone as long as a year. I really like to cap them at six months. I prefer to do 60 days, right? But just understand the longer the holdback, 
or the longer the seller is going to stay, okay, the more of a discount that you need for a couple of reasons. Number one is that you now are at the mercy of market forces, right? If the, if we have a decrease in property values, well, that's going to put you at risk, right? So I would really negotiate a much deeper price if the seller is going to want to stay there for a year versus six months versus 90 days versus 60 days and explain that to your seller. The next part about this, though, is if you do a holdback or a security deposit, one thing that I'm going to recommend is if it's a really, really, really good deal that you buy the deal yourself, right? And so either you can get a hard money loan yourself, that's where you go to a private individual and they lend you the money. Usually the rates are gonna be between eight and 12%. You can get a partner to put up the money, right? Or you could assign or sell this contract to somebody else and just understand that they're not gonna be that many buyers for it, but the bigger the holdback that you get, okay, the bigger the deposit that you get from your seller, you can hand that off to your buyer, right? So that's gonna give them more confidence. The larger that amount is, the more comfortable you're gonna make your buyer if you decide to assign or double close on this real estate deal, okay? Now, on really, really, really good deals like this, I prefer to take it down, use my own money, or get a hard money lender, or get an equity partner, and I prefer to take the deal down, I prefer to hold that money myself, right, the hold back money, and then when the seller moves out, I will then clean up the property and then put it on the open market to sell, all right? This is when you can do 50, 75, maybe even $100,000 profit. Now, a couple of important things. If your seller is out on time, make sure you give them all of their money that they're due. Pay it fast, don't wait, give them the day it moves out, have them have no bad blood on that. If they're out a week late, still pay them. If they're out two weeks late, still pay them, okay? Just make sure, okay, that you use it as a tool to make sure that they're out when they agreed to, right? Obviously, if you have to take legal action or anything like that, which is very, very rare because the more money that you have of theirs, the more likely they are going to be out. Now, hopefully I got you excited about doing some of these because your competition doesn't know how to do them or scared to do them or doesn't know how to ask for a better price or not willing to offer the terms. But one thing I'm gonna tell you, just a quick note, if somebody is over 60 or 65 years of age and they don't have a family member or an attorney helping them, don't do the deal this way with a holdback, okay? Do not do a deal where somebody is going to be remaining in the property after closing if they're over, I would say 60, and they don't have a family member or attorney helping them. The reason why is that sometimes moving can get overwhelming and you can get someone in a situation where all of a sudden time goes by, maybe they could get confused, right? And this is gonna be very, very, very difficult situation uh, where you do not wanna deal with that. Okay, so whenever we do a deal with someone over 60, we are proactively engaging a family member or an attorney to help them negotiate this deal. Don't be scared of that. This is supposed to be a win-win deal. So if you bring in someone to help them, uh, you're gonna help them and you're gonna help yourself and you've got a third party kind of being an advocate for them. So if they're gonna be staying in the property after closing, make sure that they have an attorney or a family member helping them transact on this deal. So quick review. Number one, it's hard to differentiate yourself in this business. You can do it, but this is a great way to do it, letting someone stay in a property. And most of the time, this is owner-occupied properties. Remember, if you don't ask, you don't get. So on these types of deals, negotiate a good discount for yourself so you can make a fantastic profit. Most people won't offer it like you do. So go ahead and do it. Seize the moment. 
remember, and I mentioned this, don't underestimate what people will do in the name of convenience, right? So understand that people will value convenience over money. Get a big discount on the price, get a large holdback, basically a security deposit, 20, 30, 40, $50,000. Okay, if you want structure owner financing so that the owner finances the property for you, you give them a down payment and then pay them every single month for the property. When you let them stay, watch your terms, okay? I, I like preferably no more than 60 days, but I've done six months and I've done a year depending on that price. If there's any kind of holdback, security deposit, hold the money yourself. Give it back to the seller if they're out on time, even if they're a little late, okay? This is not the way that you want to make your money by holding their money, so make sure that, that you give it back unless, obviously, you had to take some kind of legal action. And if somebody's over 65, or depending on your state, I'd say 60 to be safe, don't do the deal without an attorney or a family member helping them, okay? It'll work out much better for them, it'll work out much better for you, and remember, you are offering a lot of convenience, a lot of peace of mind, and it's okay, okay, to ask for a better price in exchange for the phenomenal terms that you are going to give. So I hope you enjoyed today's show and I will talk to you on the next episode. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at wholesalinginc.com by joining the mailing list as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe and work personally with one of our amazing coaches. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.